Hello, everybody. Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa, happy holidays, all that good stuff. I am a fox. This will be the last episode of According to Fox for the year 2021. So we're going to do things a little differently on this show. Instead of the people talking segment and the fabulous sports segment, we're just going to do the rewind segment where we discuss everything that went down this past year, all the people we lost, all the accolades, the MVP of the year, the album of the year. We're going to get into it all. It's only a late episode because Insecure came on last night, and we have to discuss the very last episode ever of one of my favorite shows of all time. So we're going to get right into it with the rewind section. Again, this is the last episode of According to Fox for 2021. Okay, let's get it. So let's get the bad news out the way first. Um, And this last year, we lost so many rappers. We lost so many people vital to the culture. It it is really sad. Not just rappers. We lost actors. We lost um, lost Archbishop Desmond Tutu yesterday. He died at 90. He was like critical in the movement of apartheid um, for South Africa. He won a Nobel Peace Prize. Him and Mandela, of course Mandela, we all know what Mandela contributed, but Desmond Tutu also played a huge role in um, getting apartheid abolished in South Africa. He just passed away yesterday. And we lost so many people vital to our culture, vital to, you know, this this beautiful thing we birthed called hip-hop. And um, some of them are, as we know, DMX. I did two episodes on DMX. That's, he was real important to New York rap and he became more than just a rapper. He's an actor. Some people consider him to be a prophet because could nobody pray like Earl Simmons, okay? We just recently lost Virgil Abloh, streetwear designer. He started off as Kanye West DJ, then became his own designer for all white. All of his clothes were all white, you know, the ones with the tag. I know you guys know, but just for people who don't know, and then he went on to become in charge of the creative design of Louis Vuitton. And he recently passed away a month ago from cancer that no one knew about. Michael K. Williams um, had a bad batch of heroin. He overdosed for, from fentanyl. Rest in peace to him. And the crazy thing is, for DMX's tribute at the BET Awards, Michael K. Williams played DMX. He damn near almost looked like him. It could have been him in the movie if he wanted to. Rest in peace to him. Bismarck Key died a little bit after DMX. He was diabetic and COVID really took its toll on him from the year before. And he was fighting for a while. R.I.P. Bismarck Key, beatbox aficionado. He actually discovered one of my favorite rappers, Big Daddy Kane. Black Rob. Black Rob died a week after DMX. His health was declining. They said liver issues and kidney problems. He passed away. Shock G passed away a little bit after that. It's just been crazy. Um, Cicely Tyson died at the top of the year. She's one of the most renowned and acclaimed actresses that we have. You know what I'm saying? She died at 90, 
I want to say 96. And she just has a catalog that is almost untouchable, okay? RIP to that queen. Kango Kid from UTFO just passed away. Um, That's the group that did Roxanne. Roxanne, I want to be a man. And Roxanne Shantae, actually, that's like, I don't, I don't want to say the first disc record, but it's one of the first disc records, you know, that popped, let's just say. Um, Roxanne Shantae counted that with um her song, The Real Roxanne. Um, no, there's a girl named The Real Roxanne, too. It's so much happening. Sorry. Zamaria Thomas, he's a football player that passed away um, the other week. He just died. His, his birthday, he would have been 33 yesterday. Rest in peace to Demaria Thomas. Young Dolph was murdered November 17th. Memphis rapper. He was very loved in Memphis. They even gave him his own day. They gave him his own street already. And it's been like oh, just a little bit over a month since he was gunned down. A rapper from L.A. I'm not too familiar with named Draco was murdered last week at some kind of festival. Never heard of him, but um, from my knowledge, Nipsey was a fan. And one time when he was incarcerated, Nipsey reached out to his family and asked him how much his bail was because he was willing to pay it. So it's it's been a lot of death, you know, surrounded by what we do. And a lot of the rappers that, a lot of the younger rappers that died this year died due to violence. They were murdered, they were killed, you know, things like that. The older ones, it was just, you know, life, other issues. I believe Shock G um, might have overdosed as well. So, you know, there's, it's been said that being a rapper is literally the most dangerous career to have. And I don't, I don't know if I see it that way. If, you know, lifestyles play a part in a lot of stuff. Um, As we know, DMX battled drug addiction his entire life. Not even career, like life. He died at 50. He he would have been 51 um, in the big, like probably two weeks ago. But he's been battling a crack addiction since he was 13, 14, since he was introduced to it. So pretty much his whole entire, his adult life and most of his childhood, you know, he was on drugs. So it's a, it's a tough habit to kick and it life gets in the way, like I'm saying. And Especially if these young guys, you know, and I, I want y'all to know this. I want you young rappers to understand this. These streets don't love you the way you think they do. I promise you they don't. Young Dolph was my age, but he went back to get cookies from the spot. He always goes to whenever he's home, he goes to get cookies from this particular place. I think it was Melba's or something. And he was murdered in front of Melba's. The week before, he tweet, he basically tweeted, tweeted and um, Instagrammed how, oh, and whenever I'm in town, I come here. You know? Even trying to look out for small businesses. These streets don't love you. Your hood will be more jealous of you than anybody. Because they, they don't understand how you have it and they don't. If you make it, and I'm not saying turn your back on where you came from. I'm just saying be aware of your surroundings. Be wary of the people you keep around and the people in your circle. It doesn't make sense for all these rappers to die so young. 
People are not even hitting 25, not hitting 30. And they're dying before they can even see the success that they're striving so hard for. I didn't mean to start off this episode so heavy. I'm just saying this is a time for reflection for everybody. You know what I'm saying? All of us need to reflect. And I want to reflect on the good that everybody brought to this culture. You know, I wasn't the biggest fan of Virgil. I did enjoy some off-white looks. I did. But, you know, political reasons, I, I didn't hate the guy. You know, I can't stand Kanye. You know, that's different. But with Virgil, you know, political things, I wasn't really too fond of with him. Like, I I, I love the fact that he was the first black man to be the creative director of Louis Vuitton. But then when I saw his office and there was not too many black people in there, he was literally the only one. I understand why Off-White was the name. <laughs> so... It is what it is, but he did do so much, you know, for streetwear and other designers to up to be more than up and coming. Then they became their own brands and they they started their own path in, in fashion. And it's kind of that's a hard industry to crack is fashion. You know, you got all these fashion houses that are luxury brands and it's hard to compete being streetwear. And because of him, he made it in there. So. Shout out to him. Shout out to Michael K. Williams. The Wire is like the best show for me ever. And then he started in Lovecraft Country, which I love even more. You know, it's just, I I thought he kicked that habit a long time ago. He actually said how he stopped doing drugs by the second season of The Wire. So, you know, you never know what nobody's going through to make them go back to doing certain things that you thought they overcame. So, again, rest in peace to all the people I named. If I forgot some, please blame me on my mind and not my heart. But everybody that we lost in the culture, you know what? You'll be sorely missed. You're already missed, okay? Um. So, now, I'm going to do my own little Grammy thing, right? My little Grammy section. So... I usually don't fuck with the Grammys. I don't. I'm not going to hold you. I feel like shit, just, they just dropped the ball on a number of occasions. But my cousin is now a member of the board. Shout out to Hootie. So I'm going to give them one more, one more shot because Hootie is for the culture. He is for what goes on. You know, he makes sure, I'm sure he'll make sure that the Grammys do right this year. But, you know, we'll see. I'm going to get him one more shot just on the strength for him. But for me, so, song of the year for me, it's, and I know I might get some heat for this. I don't know why, but I feel like I might. Because I think Leave the Door Open is the song of the year. Okay, Anderson and Bruno put their foot in that whole album. That album is actually fire. But when Leave the Door Open came out with that nice old school soulful feel, that shit don't feel like some of your parents used to play in the house when it was a Friday night and then you just started put the record on. I'm old. My parents had a record player. Yes, they did. Fuck y'all. It was a, it was a part of the stereo. Either way, <laughs> Friday night, they'll play some shit like that. So two-step and chip, snapping their fingers. Man, y'all can't tell me Leave the Door Open wasn't a bop. And that shit was a bop for like six, seven months. You can play it now and people going to stop what they doing. So I think the runner up is Essence by WizKid featuring Thames. I'm only saying runner up. First of all, the song came out mad long ago, right? Probably two years ago. 
Niggas just started hearing it now. And that's through no fault of their own, you know what I'm saying? People wasn't really into Afrobeats heavy until like probably late 2018, 2019. That's when Afrobeats like really, really picked up. So, and the song is sexy as hell. Both songs are super sexy. I just feel like it leaves the door open. With It started, it took off quicker. It took off immediately. And it stayed. Like, it just... It just kept going. You, it, it had no traction. It didn't stop. It's just... That shit is a, a fucking classic. It's a timeless classic already. It, it it makes you feel like you've been transported to the fucking house party in Alicia Keys You Don't Know My Name video. If y'all don't remember that, watch it. And that's and see if they don't play Leave the Door Open. That shit sound like some straight out of Cooley Hot. So, with Essence, that shit is sexy. That shit is a nice little summer vibe. I'm not even going to hold you. I don't know why they put Justin Bieber on this shit. He I, he didn't kill the song. I just felt like he was unnecessary for an Afrobeat song. Not being racist. I'm just saying y'all could have put Wale on the remix. That nigga's a full-on Nigerian. But y'all add Justin Canadian white boy Bieber? Cool. All right. That kind of you know messed up the black pride I had for it. But... Besides that, I, I I fucked with the song the long way, but I don't think it was as as poignant as Leave the Door Open. And congratulations to them. I think they were the first Afrobeat song to break the top ten Billboard, which is which is huge. Again, dope ass song. We'll never take anything away from it. Love it to death. I'm going with Leave the Door Open. So. All right, so this is where it get a little tricky for me. <laughs> the rap album of the year. <laughs> because it's a toss-up of three for me. I wouldn't be mad if any of these three won. Okay? And then it was it's one that came in, like, close, but it, it was towards the end. And it was like, uh, it's not, it's not, it didn't give us as much in the beginning. So, all right. It's going to be... Tyler, the creator, called me if you get lost. That shit was hard. And it was a mixtape format. So you got Gangsta Grills, you got DJ Drama, you got him doing the whole fucking Gangsta Grills layout for an album. That's pretty genius. It's pretty dope. And Tyler was rapping. What's your name? Y'all know it's my favorite song. That is my favorite. If we talking about rap song of the year, I'm going with what's your name. I don't care what nobody tells me. That is my shit. Right? So it's between that, Tyler the Creator, right? And then Nas, King's Disease 2. That nigga dropped a, another good fucking album a year later because King's Disease gave him his first Grammy. Y'all got to understand, Nas has been in the game for 30 years. He got his first Grammy February 2021, okay? That's insane. And I'm, I love me some Nas. I think Nas is dope. But for him to get his first Grammy... That is crazy. That took too long. That took far too long. He should have got ring for way out the shit. But it is what it is. All right? So, King's Disease 2 was really, really good. Oh, I love Sunday Brunch. I like that song. Um, I love the, the Bible song. What is it? The Holy Bible? I forgot what it was called. But it is good. It's I love that album. And the third one, J. Cole. The, the off season. So... I fucks with that one too. <laughs> it's just so good. As you notice, 
Um, certified lover boy, and you know Kanye West album is not up there. And I did enjoy CLB. I I love me a, a Drake album. Drake gives me all the Instagram captions I will ever need. But in the top three is Cole, Nas, or Tyler. Honorable mention could go to Certified Lover Boy and for Lauren too. For Lauren too was good. Y'all gonna stop sleeping on fucking Olubawale, right? Olubawale, yes, his name. Yes, yes, it's a lot. It's a lot of sounds in there. But y'all gonna be, stop, stop sleeping on that man, okay? That nigga be rapping his ass off. Like, ass off. I enjoy Florence, too. I just feel like it just came on, it came too late in the game. Just a little bit too late. But, you know, I fucks with it. I think that was a great, great album. A great work. I don't know which one y'all think will work out, but for me, it's between any of those three. I wouldn't be mad. I wouldn't be mad. I'm aiming for Tyler. And then now I just dropped something else like Christmas Eve called Magic. I have not heard it yet. Um, I I want to. It's just it was been a crazy weekend, so <laughs> I'll try it again. But I haven't heard that yet. But I heard see what that's hitting for, you know. I'm sure Nas is not going to let me down. He's done a, an amazing job. Um, what else we got? The R&B album of the year. Easy. Hotels. Hotels. By Jasmine. You know? Hotels. Um, I heard Adele. And I'm not saying Adele's isn't good. I fucks with Adele. I like her a lot. But Hotels? First off. First off. Y'all already know how I feel about sit on it. Y'all already know. <laughs> Pick up your feelings. The the all the stories in between the songs. Listen, Jasmine, and I think Jasmine should have got her flowers long before this album, though. Jasmine puts out amazing, amazing songs. And it bothers me that she had to go this route. Not saying there's nothing wrong. I'm just saying, like, she, she's used to ballads and slow singing and, you know, being heartbroken, of course, but also finding love and trying to, you know, basically she's just putting us where love is supposed to be. Whenever she whenever she got a song, it's like, oh, my God, I want to feel like this or I felt like this before. So for her to have to go the, you know what, fuck it, I'm going to just do the hotels route because y'all not hearing me. And now y'all hear her. Like, come on. This girl always, she always had quality music. But y'all wait till she dropped this fire. This, this shit is fire. Hotels, immediately. I'm bothered again because for the award shows, they done gave Doja Cat R&B records of the, how? She's not an R&B artist. Pop more than anything. I say she's pop. I wouldn't even say what she's saying is singing. I, shit, I might throw rap in there for y'all. But R&B? Dub. That is not no R&B artist. And y'all got y'all got Jasmine out of mad awards by throwing her in that fucking category. And I don't really listen to Doja Cat, so I don't know. I just know I feel some type of way <laughs> that Jasmine Sullivan with a voice like hers and a pen like hers, she's not getting the R&B album of the year. Y'all niggas is fucking bugging. Jasmine. With ease, okay? So, the artists of the year, new artists. So, I've been listening to so many new people. 
Um, shout out to Mars. She has a song called Countless Times. And I, man, I ran that song into the fucking ground. It's like she wrote that shit for me. <laughs> I love that song. Then you got, um, I don't know if she pronounces it Money Long or Mooney Long. But she, her name is actually Priscilla Renee. She used to sing a long time ago, like 10 years ago. And she started just songwriting. And she has a song called Hours and Hours. That song's fire. Um, I fucks with Giveon. I'm I'm sad about how he did. My girl just seen Sky, but um, I fucks with Giveon's album like for real. That that was a damn good album. Um, it's a lot of new music out here. I wouldn't know who to give that crown to specifically, but um, we gonna discuss um B Dot's little list too because that shit was stupid. Um, but like his top. 10 rapping list is it was ridiculous. But as far as artist of the year, I'm only I'm giving it to Tyler simply for the fact that I feel like he stepped out the box for this one. And he swung for the fences and he hit a home run. Like it was something different, something that we, we didn't expect from him. Because I honestly didn't realize he was so versatile myself. Maybe it was just me. Not knowing, you know, how Tyler, how good Tyler was. But I always put him in like a different kind of rap category than the rest of these rappers. So to see that he really pulled off this mixtape, this gangster girl shit, I thought it was dope. So I'm going to give it to Tyler just because he surprised me, you know. Silk Sonic did great. Nas did great this year. Cole, of course. But, you know, I'm going to have to give it to Tyler, too. New artist, I don't, I don't, don't do it. I'd say Giveon. I'd, I'd have to say Giveon. There are other artists out there. There's Tone Stiff. There's um Meta. There's a lot of new stuff out here. Tmar. I I heard some stuff on Insecure that she did. That shit was fire too. I don't know who new artists will go to, but artist, I would say Tyler the Creator. So we going. We got this down right now, right? So when the Grammys come, I'm going to circle back here and see if my predictions were correct. Even if they're not correct on their end, they correct on my end. So I'm I'm fucking right. <laughs> but the Grammys, we'll see if they, let's just say, not even correct. Let's just say, we'll see if we match up, if our predictions are the same. Now, some accomplishments. Okay. The MVP. Of the year 2021 goes to Jason Phillips, a.k.a. Jada motherfucking Kiss. I feel like Jada is just now getting his flowers, but not from us. I think our generation always fucked with Jada. We always appreciated him. We we never, you know what I'm saying, underestimated the power of the pen with Jada. But you know, these youngins, they, they don't know. These young is they wasn't aware. And with the versus battle this year, with Dipset versus the Locks, the crowd was a Dipset crowd. Dipset is from Harlem. The Locks is from Yonkers. The concert was taken at the Garden, Madison Square Garden. So pretty much a uh, hundred blocks away from Dipset, from where they used to, you know what I'm saying? From where they used to live, where they're from. Where Yonkers is in a whole nother county. That's Westchester County. And it was a dipset crowd. And Jadakiss single-handedly made that crowd the locks. 
And prior to the show, I on my podcast, I said that I love Dipset, even though I feel like Jadakiss can wash them by himself. And everybody told me I was crazy. Look how crazy I am not. I told y'all this. I be motherfucking known. Okay? So Jadakiss does what he does, you know? Damn near won a championship at the Garden. Fucking Knicks can't do that right now. The Knicks can't do it. But Jadakiss fucking did it. Complete with champagne in the Kobe All-Star jacket. It happened. <laughs> and he has been highly sought after ever since. You know what I'm saying? Like, interviews. And if y'all know the Locks, the Locks is like a, a low-key type group of niggas. Like, they will walk down the block by themselves. No security. Just, just each other. You know what I'm saying? A chain on, nothing crazy. Even for the versus battle, they looked like they were just going to a regular place. You know what I'm saying? Like, Jada had on his shirt, some constructs and some shorts. Like, it wasn't no extra braggy shit, no no bravado, no none of that. Like, it was just like, this is me and this is what I'm going to do. Whatever. The locks are like one of the most down-to-earth fucking rap groups, you know, of all time. But again, that's what our era was like sometimes. So, he is everywhere now. He's finally getting the claim that he deserves. Because I feel like people was underestimating him when it was against him and Fab for verses. And I didn't pick because I love both of them. And But I also said, but Jada ain't no slouch. Like, y'all making it seem like Fab is going to kill Jada. I don't see that happening at all. I'm not, I didn't have a, a clear winner because I didn't want to pick a clear winner. But... I knew good and damn well Jada would give Fab a run for his money. And he did. Jada won that versus. And Jada won this versus. So, I'm glad after how many years of game? I think Jada been in the game for 25 years, 26 years. After all these years in the game, he's finally getting recognized for the shit that he does. And I think that's what makes versus so special. Because you forget the impact that people have or had. Because this is such an era where everything happens now, 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 now. And y'all forget yesterday so fast. Because everything happens so quickly in current events. So with Jada, with somebody who's, whose catalog goes back to 1995, 1996, and it's 2021, it's, it's astonishing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How people like, Oh, Jada kids did that. He literally won the verses off a of freestyle that he dropped years ago, like a decade ago or so. And a lot of the people, I don't know if they was kids, but a lot of them never heard it. They're like, oh, Jada just freestyled. I'm like, no, we know he's a dick, you pussy, y'all neighbors. We, we, we are aware of that freestyle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? A lot of them didn't. So I'm glad he's finally getting the flowers that he truly, truly deserves it's been a long time coming, you know, and I know people want an album from him, but I, I want him to relish in this. I want him to enjoy, you know, the fruits of his labor that he's worked so hard for. So shout out to Jadakiss. He's definitely the MVP of 2021. Um, Another shout out to Deion Sanders. Deion Sanders is the, uh, everybody knows who he was. He was, um, a player for the Falcons, and I believe he played for the to the Braves too. He played for the um Atlanta Braves, I think, at one point. I think at the same time, yeah, he had to do like a Super Bowl and a fucking um World Series in one year. That nigga is nice. I'm sorry, <laughs> love Dion. 
So Deion Sanders has become a football coach for Jackson State University. So it's a big deal because Jackson State is an HBCU, right? So when it comes to HBCUs, a lot of these colleges don't like like they like a lot of great athletes they want to go to better colleges than HBCUs cuz you know when it comes to funding we're not the best. So they rather go to like a Florida state or you know like a, a Michigan something like that. So uh is it I mean I can understand that because if you want more resources to get to where you have to go then I can see why the need is for you to say, you know what, instead of going to like Jackson State or Spelman or whatever, let me go to this school because they have more and they can do more for me and they can help me go to the next level. I can understand that. But I also feel like we need to do better. Even though I'm not an HBCU alumni, I feel like it'd be so many HBCU alumna and alumnae, whatever the, the fucking plural version is. <laughs> I feel like it's so many of them that everybody's so proud to be from Spelman. Everybody's so ba- proud to be from Lincoln. Everybody's so proud to be, you know, from here. But then when it's time to like pay up, nobody really paying up. Everybody, everybody loved being from Howard. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's real off. So if you from Howard, then just do what the fuck you do. You know what I'm saying? You gotta. We all have to. Well, you all, because again, I did not go to HBCU. <laughs> but you know, you gotta basically donate to get shit to where it goes. And don't get it twisted. I know the government fucks shit up too. The government has no problem shelling out aid to these Ivy League schools, but when it comes to you know ours, it's a problem. So. I understand why people go, but I feel like I want more of our people to go to HBCU so the HBCUs can have a better target of what to do so they can have a better cusp of what kind of what players can come there, you know? So with that being said, um Deion Sanders has brought the number one college recruit to Jackson State. And they said that he stole him from Florida State. And this is the things I do not like. I don't like the fact <laughs> that people think that they own you. <laughs> so the, the boy committed to Florida State and changed his mind and said Jackson State. All right. All of a sudden, there's backlash. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why is there backlash? Because any other time, you know what I'm saying, it's a it's a a business thing when it comes to owners. So, but for Travis Hunter to say, nope, I don't want to go there no more. I'm going to Jackson State. Oh, how dare you? And, and Dion did this wrong and you're not supposed to and there's certain things you do. No, he wanted to go to a school with a better record. Dion's school had a better record. And... Honestly, if my son wants to play football, I wouldn't want him to play under nobody else if if fucking Deion Sanders is an option. Hell yeah, you can play with Deion Sanders. You'll learn so much more. 
You know what I'm saying? Because you know how they say those who can't play coach. That nigga did both. <laughs> All right? Go ahead and do what you got to do, kid. Not a problem. I'm totally with it. And, but when it comes, when I feel like when it comes to black men making their own decisions, especially at the behest of the money of white men, they lose their fucking minds. And I will always go back to LeBron and Dan Gilbert, the way Dan Gilbert showed his fucking ass when LeBron went to um, South Beach. That nigga made it seem like his prized slave left the plantation and you're not going to do this to me. Like, it, it, come on. That boy has the right to switch and make change his mind. If he don't want to go Florida State, okay. He's going to Jackson State. I want to shout out to Deion Sanders. They did not win the Celebration Bowl, but the record was phenomenal. It's always next year. Two of his sons play on the team. Deion strives for greatness. Um, Deion is a, a model person, a model athlete of what you would want your kid to achieve in sports. Because Deion's still a bad man. <laughs> He's still a bad man. I know his feet aren't, like, doing what they're supposed to do. But I would love to see him and Chad Johnson really do that foot race again. <laughs> but shout out to Deion Sanders for um basically uplifting the program with HBCUs in Jackson State. And he, by the way, he brought so much money to the state of Mississippi. Being there, it's, it's not even funny. So shout out to Deion Sanders. Um, B-Dot's top 10 list. Everybody is entitled to their opinion, no matter how wrong it is. And B-Dot's list, it's, it, it's wrong. It's just wrong. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna narrow it down. Well, I'm gonna tell you the, the first, the top 10. Number one, y'all. Number one is Lil Wayne. I don't understand how the fuck that happened. I, I don't. Because Lil Wayne has not come out with nothing good in at least eight years. But whatever. Lil Wayne, J. Cole, Drake. Those are the top three. Freddie Gibbs, Conway. Nas is number six? Oh, no. He's wilding. Benny the Butcher is seven. Lil Baby's eight. Mac Homie is nine. And Lil Dirk is seven. So I don't know who Mac Homie is, but that name sounds aggressive. Is that like a homicide? I don't know. Lil Dirk and Lil Baby, I'll let rock. And by the way, this is based on skill, performance, and presence. So Lil Wayne has no standing to be up there. But whatever. He has no performance. And he has not had skill in quite some time. But that's me. Um, And yeah, I don't know who Matt Conway is. Conway, I don't, I don't know. I like Conway. I like, him a, I like him a lot. But I don't know if he top five over Nas. I don't think he over Nas. And neither is Benny the Butcher. Well, no, Benny the Butcher is right after Nas. I don't know. I can't get into Griselda. I don't know why. It just they don't do it for me. They just mm, it's all right. Like to me, they're almost like a watered down locks. Like the way the locks was back in like late '98. That that's what they remind me of. But it's like eh, I don't know. I don't believe them they need more people. But I know this nigga be that bugging with Lil Wayne being number one. He's fucking slow. <laughs> and this is why people have issues with y'all little fucking list. And I, I just don't get it. Like, I feel like that's a bias. It got to be a bias. All right. Because what, what, he came out with some shit called Trust Fund Babies. Is that it? Is that the album? I never even heard of this shit that Wayne came out with. What? 
And he came out with what? I don't understand. When when he came out with the album Rich the Kid, never heard nothing off it, not one thing. Get the fuck out of here. Either way, yeah, nah, nah. Be that you wildin'. This is why everybody be wanting to fight you because you be strong and wrong with your opinion, and you be acting like <laughs> you be acting like everybody else is bugging. No, it's you. It's you. No, and Tyler's not up there. How the fuck is Tyler not up there? That's the shit that don't make sense. So Tyler's not on that, but Little Wayne is. Whatever, whatever, B dot. And this is why everybody be ready to threaten this nigga. Anywho, all right. So our girl Issa Rae gave us our last episode of Insecure. So y'all know I usually record this show on Sunday, but no, Insecure comes on Sunday at ten, and I said I'm sorry. I have to. I have to talk about what the fuck happens here. Now, oh yeah, and by the way, if you finish watching Insecure, make sure you watch the documentary called The End. It has like a behind the scenes, um, hour long special about them recording the last season, but they even talk about things that happened from the beginning in the first season. And man, listen. Did you know Lawrence was trying to be Daniel? Lawrence auditioned for Daniel because he's like, well, his name is Jay Ellis. It's not his real name, but he said, his friend said, oh, yeah, that'll be a perfect role for you. And he thought he assumed that it was the ambitious producer. No, it was a lazy nigga on the couch, and he got it. And actually, Tiffany, Amanda Seals, she went for the role. She wanted to go for the role of Tasha, but she said she couldn't because she wasn't considered hood hot or whatever. So, you know, that's how she got the role with Tiffany. But anyway, so season finale, series finale, excuse me. So last week, as we know, Tiffany's going away party. Tiffany and Derek are moving to Denver. And Issa was there with her new boo, Nathan, and they're about to move in with each other. And what's his name? Lawrence comes through with Condoleezza and the, and the baby. So, it's a little... I wouldn't even say it's tense. Because they looking at each other. But that's all it is. I guess Nathan felt the vibe. But, you know, fuck Nathan. Bipolar ass. Ain't never gonna be a bipolar. But that nigga sometime me. Either way. So, Lawrence basically, in the words of Twitter, pulled a Dwayne Wayne when he thought that they were alone. So, it was like, listen... I love you. If um, I'm not happy unless I'm with you. Are you happy? And he said, I'm still in love with you. And here goes Nathan. What's this about? So he said, like, nothing. She did good. She did a great job. She said, nothing. And let's go. And this nigga was like, no, we still talking. No, Lord. Nope, 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 nope. Don't do that. <laughs> we still talking. Then niggas get into it. A little scuffle ensues. Nobody really hits nobody, but people are just uh, being separated. It's a lot of it's a lot of loud noise, drama, shit. But nobody really like throws a punch, punch, All right? So this episode starts off on their ride home from the party. I guess they drove home in silence, which sounds appropriate. It sounds like something that happened. And when Issa got out the car, this nigga Nathan called her toxic. All right. What Lawrence did was totally wrong, right? <laughs> he said he can't deal with the toxic shit and it's just not good for him. And basically, he breaks up with her. Fuck Nathan. And I knew it was fuck Nathan from the beginning. 
But I find it odd that he's saying Issa is toxic when Issa was walking away from this shit. Lawrence kind of made it worse than what it had to be. Nigga said, what's all this? And when she says nothing, is nothing. But you know, men in their pride, you know, it's a thing. So Issa was like, all right. Like, she wasn't even fighting for it. I don't even know what it was. Well, she was. She was telling him to come in the house. And he didn't want to go in the house. He didn't want to talk about it no more. Whatever. So now, backtrack. So the whole finale is centered around birthdays. They should have called it the birthday episode. So it's Molly's birthday. Torian and Issa playing like this nice, cute little birthday party for Molly at her house with Torian's family there. Molly's mom is there. You know, um, Tiffany comes up from Denver. And Kelly has her new man, Desmond. Shows this nigga off. All right. Issa's still very single now because she's not with Nathan no more. It's fine. So Molly comes out and she's so happy. She's like, thank you for letting me celebrate me. Because Molly didn't like celebrating her birthday. But Issa, you know, and her man Torian made it happen. Molly comes out. Torian has the cake. And she sees her mother. It's beautiful. She's a happy sight to see because she had such a scare with her mother in the early part of the season. So now we skip forward to... Tiffany's birthday. They all go to Denver for Tiffany's birthday. Tiffany's house looks gorgeous. Tiffany looks fucking miserable. And that girl is like six now. I don't know how the fuck that baby grew so much. Nah, she's like three. But yeah, Simone's like, happy birthday, mommy. And she's coming out with cupcakes. She's talking and walking, all type of adult baby shit, right? So Issa is in, Issa and Molly go to the kitchen. And I think they're about to pour some wine. And Molly asked Issa, what would you have said if Nathan didn't interrupt you and Lawrence? And then Molly gets a phone call. Her mother dies. So that was tough. Her brother called her and she just like started like breaking down right in Denver. So that was real tough for Molly. And then the next scene is Kelly's birthday. Kelly's there with her man Desmond. Issa's with a nigga that look just like Daniel, but taller. I don't know. He don't do it for me the way Daniel do, but he's, he's, he's handsome. And Molly's not there. So I I don't know when everybody's birthday is. I just Like I said, it's the fucking birthday episode. It was just jumping between birthdays. So Kelly is there with her man, and she's like, she wants to make an announcement. Kelly's pregnant. So... And I loved, I loved, I loved this quote. He's like, Kelly, I thought she didn't want kids. She said, no, I don't want just any nigga's kids. I want this nigga's kids. I hear you, girl. I ain't get there yet because I don't want no kids either. But I hear you, girl. <laughs> I want this nigga's kids too. <laughs> okay. Um. Then, and then it's Lawrence's birthday. Exactly. Fucking birthdays. It's just, I guess it's showing how, it, how, the, how the years progress. And how we are as adults, especially with Molly not being at Kelly's thing. Because, you know, life happens, so we can't make it to every function for our friends, things like that. So, Lawrence's birthday, Issa calls Lawrence. She's shocked that he picks up the phone. I don't know why. And asks him if he wants to go to dinner. He already had plans. Okay. Guess what? Lawrence has a whole fucking girlfriend. Bitch told me, hey, babe, you ready for dinner? I'm like, oh, No. Like, that shit, like, hurt my soul. <laughs> so, with that happens, he's like, all right, well, fuck that up. 
It's cool. Oh, damn. I miss Issa's birthday. Shit. Issa's birthday happened. <laughs> Issa's birthday happened between Molly and Tiffany's. There we go. Issa's birthday. Um, They throw this little thing for her in her new office space behind Crenshaw's thing. And Molly trying to get her new birthday dick. And in walks Nathan. And it seemed like Nathan went that old thing back. And all of a sudden, L.A. is finally home for Nathan. Man, fuck Nathan. Now L.A. feeling like home. Whatever. But it seemed like he wanted that old thing back. And Issa pretty much shut it down politely. Very politely. So she was like, I just don't want you to have any regrets. And, you know, everybody's here with, in somebody's life for a reason. And this, that, and the third. So that's how her birthday went. Oh, her brother and Kelly. I love them, too. Them shit. They are fucking hilarious. So, all right, so I then jumped around to his birthday. Somebody else's birthday again. Who the fuck? It's just birthdays all the fucking round, right? So after the whole thing with Lawrence's birthday, Issa is now still with that nigga, Daniel, the Daniel lookalike nigga. Nazir, that's his name. Fuck. So, but, like, he's only, like, there, there for a second. I don't think he's a big deal. And... She calls Lawrence to, I guess, come see her new space. Because now she's made her own space hers. And he comes through. And they just talk. And she says how she the only person doubting her was herself. And she didn't know if what was going on with them could work or would work. And she was willing to find out. So they start kissing. And now they're back together. Lawrence and he's looking back right so the next sequence this is what threw me off because i just knew it was going to be Issa and lawrence's wedding and that's the next sequence you see this beautiful beautiful like castle mansion whatever overlooking like a hill of favela i don't know it looked like the south of france i ain't never been there but that's what i think south france looked like or greece either one might be santorini so you see like this big beautiful like extravagant wedding thing and then you see um, introducing Mr. and Mrs. Tori, you know, like Tori is. <laughs> Molly got married. I thought it was going to be Issa and Lawrence getting married. So then you see all the girls and they like, and this is like a year later. So this is a, the next year birthdays. Right? And so you see all the girls in a red bridesmaids gown. And Tiffany's pregnant again. I don't see Kelly's baby because Kelly's baby should be born at this time, I want to say. But I don't know. And then, yeah, it should be born a year later, duh. So, Issa sits at the table, and I'm like, damn, where the fuck Lawrence? I guess they ain't work. And he come from around her with a drink in his hand, like, come on, let's go dance on the dance floor. It was so sweet. I know I'm telling y'all so much. It's a lot. And then, <laughs> Issa is helping Molly out of her dress, and it's so beautiful to see how far they came from from last year, for them being at each other's fucking throats, to this year, like, they not knowing what they gonna do without each other. And Molly was just so, so tearful. And she was just so happy. She's like, I love you. You're my best friend. And thank you for being there for me when I was me. You know what I'm saying? Like, thank you for just like when she was the worst her, you were still around. You know what I'm saying? And then Issa goes, I'm going to let Tori and take it from here. Because when you marry, you know, <sighs> your best friend, she got to go to her husband now. So it was that. Then we fast forward a little bit. Now it's Issa's birthday again. She walks into this gorgeous house. She got her, she got 
a nice little power suit on, ring on her finger. Here go fucking Lawrence and that little boy, Elijah. I don't know why that baby's six. Again, I don't know much about child development, but that motherfucker was huge. I did not think he should be walking and talking and saying words like Issa and, and cooking. But here we are. So... She's like, hey, like, happy birthday, Issa. He's like, thank you, Josh. She gives him a kiss. She gives um, Lawrence a kiss. Let's get some ice cream. Nice little family. She got the ring bling blowing. And the last scene, she's in the mirror. And mirror bitch ain't talking to her because guess what? She is no longer insecure. Bravo. Bravo. Magnificent ending. Loved it. Loved everything about it. Loved everything about insecure. The season was slow as fuck. But this ending tied up every loose end. They made sure everybody got their happy endings. And I love seeing black women thrive. I love seeing us being vulnerable and strong and humanizing us and making sure, oh, no, you're not the, like the, the super strong black woman trope. And no, this shit was executed beautifully. And I just want to thank Issa Rae for allowing us to be seen in that lens. They they tend to showcase us terribly or always tired, always serving, always this. It was so good to see black women in different spectrums of black people, period. Without drama, without without survival. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's not a, oh, we live in the hood and we're going to die type. Nothing like that. You know what I'm saying? Without black people pain. You know what I'm saying? It was just, it's thank you so much for what you brought to this culture, Issa Rae. Thank you for what you did for us <laughs> as as a people. And I love the fact that a black woman like herself is now thriving and successful all from a web series. And you will you go from a web series to HBO. Phenomenal. Phenomenal job, Issa. Um, I strive <laughs> to reach your hustle. Um, it was beautiful. Shout out to Jay Ellis, who's Lawrence, and Yvonne Orgy, who's Molly. Um, it was two love stories in Insecure, and it was Lawrence and Issa and Molly and Issa. And I'm glad everybody's ended the way they were supposed to. Beautiful. If you did not catch it, make sure you do. It's on HBO Max. Thank you so much, Issa Rae. Not entertained. Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? Last week, Alicia Keys hosted a room in Clubhouse. I didn't know Yassel was on Clubhouse. And Jay-Z joined the room, and this is what he said. Everyone's amazing and done what they've done. 
no one can stay on that stage. I mean, I'm just telling you guys the real. Like, there's not a shot. There's not a chance in hell that anyone can stand on that stage with me for I don't know how long it is, two hours, one hour, two hours. Right. Look, I, you got to stand in front of the Grammy family freestyle live. <laughs> you, no no one's know. ever even seen me perform that. Like You, you got to stand in front of that. That ain't going to never happen, man. Let's, let's move on from verses and just get back to the. So this is my question. Where is the motherfucking lie? Where? Jay-Z, Sean Corey Carter. I know I love saying their real names. I'm just, I'm trying to accentuate the fucking master of rap that he is. Is unmatched in every category. And he was unmatched in every category 20 years ago. Let's be clear. <laughs> like 20 years ago, when what was it, 19, 18 years ago when he was, when he dropped Black Album, which was supposed to be his last album. That that was 18 years ago. I was a senior in high school when he dropped his supposedly last album to retire. And he was better than most rappers then. And 18 years later, he's still better than y'all niggas. I was going to say he's the Jordan the rap, but no, he is LeBron. He's LeBron. Because Jordan at 36, can't see LeBron at 36. LeBron at 36 and Jordan, sorry. I don't give a fuck what Jordan fans say this shit. He was struggling on the Wizards. He had to give up. <laughs> I mean, somebody had to give up their all-star position for him to play out of respect. That nigga was struggling with the Wizards. LeBron fucking James is still LeBron fucking James, all right? Still got the hop, still doing whatever he need to do. He is the LeBron of fucking rap. It is what it is. Jay-Z just turned 52 years old and he will still wrap circles around you new little fucking Urkels. That's a Jadakiss line too. But either way, right? So I thought that 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 comment was fine. It didn't bother me. I didn't think there would be any type of uproar. Nothing. But guess what? There is an uproar. There is an uproar from any other rappers. Nobody... But dumbass future thought that he could see Jay-Z. You cannot. I don't even know what you're saying half the fucking time. The uproar was amongst the people. Now, apparently, Big Bank, whatever his name is from the Superfly movie, said everybody in the South think future can go up against Jay-Z. And that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. And this is why we think y'all all slow. Because y'all think that shit made sense. It doesn't. I'd rather you... You could have even said T.I. I'd have... I'd have been like, you're crazy, but that's a better matchup than fucking Future. Get the fuck out of here. All Future talk about is popping perks and sipping lean and bitches and the child support he barely pays. Fuck out of here. No, he does not have an extensive lyrical anything. Future cannot see. Future can't see T.I. I said it. What the fuck y'all talking about? But that's the only person who's strong and wrong enough to think he can go head to head with Jay-Z in the verses. So, there are so many people throwing so many hats in the ring. So, it's, oh, Kanye. Kanye would give Jay-Z smoke. First and foremost, Kanye can't give Jay-Z smoke because Kanye don't even write his shit. What are we talking about? Somebody said something about stage performance. I'm like, but that's the thing. Versus wasn't stage performance at first. Versus was you playing your shit. You play this, you play this, you play that, you play that. That's it. And if we're talking about stage performance, again, 
It's not going to be no no thing. Mind you, Jay-Z books stadiums. Let's be clear that he books stadiums. And it's not going to be a thing where, where Kanye could come in a mask and come from the rafters. No, they're going to go on a regular stage like <laughs> versus, and which even though Jay-Z says he's not going to do it because nobody comes close, which is true. So if we talking about Jay-Z and Kanye, no. Because regardless of what Kanye can play, what does he have for, for Stone Cry? And didn't he make that beat? Either him or Just Blaze. A lot of these niggas can't beat Blueprint. A lot of these niggas can't beat American Gangster. A lot of these niggas can't beat Reasonable Doubt. And I'm just naming three out of like 14 fucking albums. What are y'all talking about? Jay could beat most of y'all all fucking just playing Blueprint unless y'all have the other five. And I'm talking about the hidden tracks too. Lyrical exercise. Are you are you kidding me? I think that's how we started calling them whole. When suicide drills over and over with the weight of the world on my shoulder, that's why they call me Hova. I'm far from being God, but I work goddamn hard. If y'all don't stop playing with Sean, the fuck is wrong with you? Kanye cannot see Jay-Z. He cannot. At all. And Jay-Z's longevity is something else to be spoken about, too. He dropped his first shit in 96, so Jay-Z's 25 years in. All right? 25 years of being amazing. He is consistent, and he only elevates. The worst album to me that he has is Magna Carta, Holy Grail, and that's still better than a lot of people's shit. I fucking love 444. That last album, I love it. Love 444. I still get chills hearing certain songs on the album. No, no. To me, Kanye's last good, good album was, it's, I want to say 808s and Heartbreak. I wasn't a fan of My Beautiful Twisted Dog Fantasy only because his little Good Friday shit Made me hear most of the shit that dropped already. So it didn't have the same effect when the album dropped. I was like, oh, I know all these songs. And it was like, oh, well, I'm over it. Airways and Heartbreak, I love. Jesus is Noise. The Life of Pablo, only like one song. Um, and after that, I didn't listen to him because, you know, he's he went full on Kanye. And after that, I just fuck him and fuck his projects. So I could be biased on that one, on that. But I'm, I'm positive Kanye don't have nothing... For 20 songs of Jay-Z, no, he don't have, nope, no, no. And that's the thing about Jadakiss, like the thing with Jadakiss. Y'all forgot the shit that he wrote for other people. Y'all forgot the shit that he wrote so long ago is still fire. So what makes you think that won't happen with Jay-Z? Y'all gonna forget all about that shit too. And by the way, he don't even need features. So my thing is regular Jay-Z could win and feature Jay-Z can win. He can give you either or. He don't even have to give you both. He could give you a versus with 20 fucking features and y'all will lose. He don't even got to play his own songs. Or he could just play his own songs and still fucking wipe y'all. Just demolish y'all off the map. So no, Kanye won't work. Eminem won't work. I'm going to tell you why Eminem won't work. Nobody wants to hear what the fuck Eminem got to say no more. And I'm not saying Eminem is trash. I'm saying after he makes all this money, you can no longer talk to us about trailer trash and not and being poor 
and your mother being this and your wife being a hoe after you divorced her, you made millions of dollars. You don't have much to talk about anymore. I mean, that material is lax to say the least. He definitely still has wordplay, but nobody, nope, I don't want to hear an Eminem album. I don't want to hear Eminem for more than 10 minutes. I truly don't. Not saying he's trash. I'm just saying personally, for my for my audio reasons, I don't want to hear that nigga for 20 fucking songs. I'd much rather not. I'd, I'd want to do anything else than to hear Eminem for two and a half hours. No, it's like playing Grand Theft Auto at like high volume. It, it, it makes you want to do weird things. It makes you want to drink something and sniff something. Either way, it's not for me. It's not my ministry. The one thing Eminem could get is Renegade. I'll let, I'll let him have Renegade. But even Jay ain't some, Jay didn't have no bad verse on Renegade. That shit was good. He had a very good verse. Eminem was better. That's all it was. And that's it. Because somebody said, oh, he got to play Renegade 20 times. This is not Soldier Boy versus Bow Wow, where you just repeat the same fucking song, Soldier Boy. You play it the once. So he'll get one off Renegade. That's it. That's it. Jay got something for everybody. He got about five songs for everybody. So whenever people are like, oh, what you going to play for this? I can name five Jay-Z songs, Jay-Z songs that he could play for any one of the niggas that y'all got. For any hit that you got, I can name five that could wipe them off the fucking frame. So Eminem, not a good matchup either. It just, just won't work. And plus he beats with R&B singers and shit like that. He don't be beefing with like rapper rappers. He just beef with like Christina Aguilera or somebody. Like, weird shit. I personally, no. I don't think Eminem's gonna look either. Drake. Drake is not gonna win. So, this is, I love Drake. I think Drake is so consistent. I think Drake remains relevant. I think Drake is an artist. He is really a very, very esteemed rap artist. But, rapper, as a rapper, versus versus Cole and Kendrick, he's not even better than them two. He's not. You know what I'm saying? And he he can have singing Drake. Singing Drake is a, is a good idea sometimes. He works out. He can have singing Drake. He can have rap Drake. He can have feature Drake. Whatever Drake he wants. He will not beat Sean Combs. Sean Combs, look at me talking about Puffy. He will not he will not beat Sean Carter. He just won't. Alright. It's just not in the stars for him. Him and Kanye have this long standing feud. And even though nobody's really rapping, like it's a, it's such a weird beef. Cause not a, not one of them is they dissing each other and it's like, are they dissing each other? It's 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 the softest rap beef I've ever seen. And you can't, he could barely beat Kanye in a soul frat beef. Cause nobody really won that. I don't know who's supposed to be the winner, but that shit was terrible. Either way, you can't, you can't see Jay-Z. You can't. I'm sorry. When you were on Degrassi, he was fucking retiring from rapping. No, you can't see Jay-Z. Jimmy. No, that's a dub too. Lil Wayne. And we're going to talk about this nigga again. Jay-Z got more dreadlocks than him already, and he just started his shit. And Wayne is his heir. Wayne is what, well, to me, was his heir, because that's when Wayne was, like, 
07 Wayne was unstoppable. That nigga was on fire. The Drought 3 was great. He still can't beat Jay-Z. And Wayne said to himself, I'm the best rapper alive since the best rapper retired. That's when Hove retired. He's not out, he's not retired anymore. He's been out of retirement. So you are not the best rapper alive. He knows it. And all these niggas know it. Every last one of these motherfuckers know it. Why don't y'all? Wayne cannot see Jay-Z. I don't care. Bring out mixtape Wayne. That's fine. It's cool. Like Jay said, what you gonna do when I play the fucking Grammy Family Freestyle? What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do when they play What We Do? Hove never slacking, man. Sitting in the black range, faster than the red goes, getting go for Pac Man. Once I know I got nothing to get. Nigga said, bullet squeeze by you like Louisiana, man. If you don't leave him alone, no, little Wayne can't see Jay Z. No, no. Why y'all reaching so bad? And I notice it's the younger ones, like born from like 91 to 98. Oh, Lil Wayne could see Jay-Z. Get the fuck out of here. Y'all on as much lean as he is, if y'all think that nigga can see Jay-Z. Fuck out of here. No. No. I mean it emphatically. No. And then the last lineup, Nas. I love Nas. I think Nas is a great rapper. I think Nas... And Nas is rapping before Hope. I think Nas is really something when it comes to, you know, knowledge and all this other shit. That nigga cannot beat Jay-Z in 20 songs. He cannot. How many Nas songs you ever heard in the club? How many? And I love Nas. How many Nas songs you heard in the club? Every Nas song I heard in the club was either of Nostradamus. I think they was only of Nostradamus. You no, I am a Nostradamus. It's the You Won't See Me song with Aaliyah, which is barely played. You Owe Me, which is barely played. Um, Uchi Wally. I don't I don't hear those songs at the club from Nas. Right? Even with the new shit that he got. It still don't stand withstand the test of time that a lot of Hove classics do. Even his Omatic shit. If he plays fucking um, The World Is Yours, Jake could play Dead Presidents. And win. <laughs> and win. It's, he has something for everything that Nas drops. He does. He does. I don't think Nas has 20 songs for Jay-Z. I know he doesn't have 20 songs for Jay-Z. Y'all have to, and y'all thinking about the long run and their consistencies, and I get it. Them niggas was at each other's necks for years, and now they cool, and now both of them are thriving. And hip-hop is aging beautifully. I love, I have to say that. Aging beautifully. Niggas is billionaires. Nas is like the king of fucking cryptocurrency and investments. It's gorgeous to see how far we've come as a culture. I said all I have to say this. Now I still can't be Jay-Z and Swing Zones. He can't. He'll he'll have to play Ether 20 times. And you still can't do that. You 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 just can't. He has great music. He has a I love one mic. Shit. One of the segments rewind is from the fucking Stillmatic album. Yes, I love that song too. That shit was mad original. Shit was dope. 
shit was perfect. And I get it to him. When he does shit like that, it be like on point. Like that whole rewind song, he literally does, he spits the whole rap backwards with no flaws. Great. He can't be Jay-Z. He can't. I'm sorry. Tell everybody. He can't. So, this is why I say this is a lot with Jay, all right? 23 Grammys he's won. He's been nominated for 83 of them. All of his albums are number one, 14 number one albums, right? Most by any solo artist. Not rap, not R&B solo artist. First living rapper, solo rapper to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It was him and LL Cool J, actually. So that was like, they had a tie for two. And do know, um, LL Cool J has been rapping since I was born. He's been rapping since 1985, okay? And him and Jay-Z got into the Hall of Fame at the same time. Jay came 11 years later. This is the one shot I know that. A sports Emmy. 11 BET Awards. I don't I don't know why they count that. I'm sorry. I fucking hate BET sometimes. Only rapper to have top 10 hits across four decades. And that's what y'all don't understand. Four decades. The 90s, the 2000s, the 2010s, and now the 2020s. All right, across four decades. Y'all don't got that. <laughs> y'all, y'all don't have that. All right? Nas don't have that. Eminem don't have that. He started in 2090. No, Eminem started like 98. He don't have that. Okay? And that means he's around for four decades. Yep, he does not have that. Lil Wayne does not have that. And he's been around since 95. 96, since he was in the Hot Boys. He's been around. Wayne been rapping. He doesn't have that. Kanye, probably three decades, because he came out like 02. Three decades. He was producing no one. Y'all niggas don't have that. 100 million plus records sold. 13 solo albums. Oh, yeah, because his album with Beyonce is not a solo album. It's a good album. First rapper inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Huge. That's fucking huge. First hip-hop billionaire, even more huge. And the blueprint selected by the NRR for being culturally, historically, and aesthetically significant. And he's been all those things since 1996. If y'all don't stop playing with Jay-Z. 20 years ago, Jay-Z was better than your favorite rappers. And now there's a whole slew of new rappers that came in. And he can still dominate them all. They all want to be at his table. Y'all been to a Rock Nation brunch? Have y'all seen what happens at Rock Nation brunches? Them motherfuckers is putting on their best everything just to be in the same fucking room with this man. Same room with this man. He ain't irrelevant. And somebody even brought up DMX. R.I.P. to the late, great DMX. He gave Jay-Z a run for his money for three years. And that was it. Y'all keep forgetting the consistency of this man's career. His legacy is still a thing. As much as DMX dominated the late 90s, early 2000s, after that, it was over. 2005, it was over. Guess what? 2007, Hove dropped American Gangster. 2006, it was Kingdom Come. He was still putting out quality shit. I don't care what nobody said. Kingdom Come is his shit. Y'all can play that shit right the fuck now. He got some shit on there. American Gangster. Flawless. That is, that's 
a perfect album. And Blueprint, I think Blueprint, American Gangster, and Reasonable Doubt are perfect albums. And now, now I think 44 is up there for me. I do. But American Gangster was, was damn near a soundtrack to a movie. And it applied to his life so well that he said, fuck it. I'm going to make my own album to this shit. And it was flawless. What is any one of y'all niggas going to play for Song Cry? What? What is one of y'all going to play for the Eve? What the fuck is any of y'all going to play for? What more can I say? Or Hovey Baby. Or allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Hope. Niggas say I used to push way by the OZ. I guess even back then you could call me the CEO of the ROC Hope. What do y'all have for that? What bars can you contest with that? Nothing. Because y'all are fucking reaching. Y'all are reaching. The man said what he said. And he was right. <laughs> he was completely right. I argue with people all week about this shit. That's why I'm glad I have a show. So I can get it out now. <laughs> and I'm going to just let it happen. I'm going to let it be the way it is. There's no other rapper in the history of time. There's nobody dead or alive. Yes, I said it. Dead or alive that can see Jay-Z. Okay? Fucking 25 years of being the best rapper ever. That none of y'all could even get... None of y'all could knock him off that fucking statue. He would have to leave. He would have to retire again for y'all to have that crown. You don't have it. He remains just as good a fucking rapper as he did when he first came out. You know how hard that is? Even when he's talking to us about fucking wealth and luxury and art... I'm still learning something. <laughs> and he still got wordplay. He still got bars. He does. I'm not a fan of whatever he does when he be with Beyonce. I don't know why I don't like their collabs like that. But it's still some shit. Not one of these rappers hold the candle to him. You know that. We all know that. They know that. That's why the fuck nobody said nothing yet. That's why nobody said, chill, hold me. You could go. No, just high-ass future because he's stupid. Because even he know. Nigga, you still ain't come back from you don't even know what you would have done in the future of the niggas playing football with your sons. You can't even, you have no comeback for that. You have no comeback for that. Okay? That nigga might bring Russell Wilson just to be a, a part of the verses if you do that. Don't do that. You already lost that nigga. No. No. No, nobody can see him. That's all it is. So, with that, I agree with everything Jay said. Wholeheartedly. <laughs> okay? Argue your mothers, argue your fathers. And I bet you they'll tell you you're smoking. Jay-Z's the best one. So, just know that, okay? Weekly Hustle is from none other than the man himself. And this is a song that came out literally 19 years ago. I'm so far ahead of my time. I'm about to start another life. Look behind you. I'm about to pass you twice. Back to the future. Gotta slow up for the present. I'm fast. Niggas can't get past my past. How they propose to deal with my perfect present. 
When I unwrap the gift and the curse in one session Ain't no living person can test them Only two resting in heaven could be mentioned In the same represent Seven straight summons critics might not admit it But nobody in rap did it Right like I did it If you did it, I done it before You get it, I had it Got mad at it and don't want it no more And that goes for everything from flipping it wrong Flipping hard, flipping vocal cords Don't get it twisted, get it right Did it different, did it better, did it nice Did the impossible, then did it twice Get it right so have a happy new year to you and yours. We will see you in 2022. This has been According to Fox. Have a good one.